climate change, poverty, mental health, young people and adults face a world of constant change. It's the connections we make, innovations and education that come together to help us make a difference. Welcome to the power of young people to change the world. In this program, we bring together leaders that share stories designed to inspire you to serve, learn, and change the world. Now, here's your host, Amy Muirs. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to The Power of Young People to Change the World. I'm your host, Amy Muirs. I'm here every Thursday on Voice America Empowerment Radio, where together we explore how young people are using their ideas, creativity, and passion to shape a better world, and how educators are utilizing the power of service learning to redesign education. Um, You know, NYLC, um, National Youth Leadership Council, we were founded nearly 40 years ago on this belief that young people can change the world, that they're leaders today and tomorrow. We know that when we give young people the opportunity to lead, that they have a voice in decision making, they're going to act for the benefit of the public good. We see examples of this every single day, right? Um, We've seen teams of students across the U.S. address COVID concerns in their communities through Poder and Salud. It's a national service learning program led by educators, whether they're in school or out of school. They've got teams of Latinx students taking action. Um, A couple of weeks ago on the show, you met Ella and Mabel, these two sisters who've been addressing the global water crisis since they were seven. So they're 17 now. So for over for a decade, they've been addressing the global water crisis. Um, and then the week before that, we uh, met Isabella Hansen. She's harnessing the power of youth voice to address equality across the country. So we know young people, they're taking action. They want to see meaningful change happen in their communities. And our guest today is from an organization that holds the shared belief in the power of youth leadership. They're inspiring the next generation of student leaders and global innovators in tackling pressing challenges in communities. And I'm so excited to welcome Shamia Noah's from the Clinton Global Initiative University. Um, Samia, thank you so much for being here and welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Amy. Um, It's really great to be here with everyone today. Great. Um, I know before um, we get into all the great work that um, the the Global Clinton Global Initiative University. I'm going to just shorten that to CGIU, if that's okay with you. Um, totally before fine. We get, excellent. Before we get into all the great work that um, that the university is doing, I would love for you to just share more about yourself and tell us a bit about who you are and what you do outside the university. Sure. Um, So I am pursuing a career in psychiatry. So I'll be starting my psychiatry residency in June of this year. So I'm in the medical field. Um, I am a three-time Clinton Global alum. So I've been to the university meeting um, in 2014, 2015, and 2017. So when I was in college and then um, medical school, respectively. And it was just a wonderful experience all three times. And kind of through that, I actually started my own nonprofit organization 
called the Spark Initiative, which is really centered around um, mentoring girls and women trying to go into science and math and engineering fields. Um, we, we mainly target high school girls, but we are flexible with ages. So, yeah, that's kind of what I do when I'm not working at, um, at CGIU. That's amazing. So I do have to tell you, so um, my daughter was inspired to become a mechanical engineer because of um, her experience in a program that was part of her high school. Um, so that STEM um, STEM exposure for, for girls is so important to get them into those careers. Um, and we have firsthand oh, experience in our house. So that's amazing. Yeah. Um, Thank so you. hopefully we'll get to hear more about Spark as we go on today, too. But I would love yeah. for you to talk a little bit more about um, the Clinton Global Initiative University, so CGIU. So kind of what is it and why did President Clinton decide to create it? Yeah, so um, the Clinton Global Initiative University, and from here on out, I'll probably just call it CGIU, Um But it's a growing community of global leaders who take real concrete steps towards solving some really pressing issues Um, that can include education, environment and climate change, peace and human rights, poverty alleviation, and public health. So with our program, throughout the years, students will develop their own commitments to action, kind of just their game plans for addressing pressing challenges, whether those could be on their college campuses, in their communities, or even globally. We really get a wide range of, of topics and areas um, areas addressed. But CGIU was kind of born out of CGI, or Clinton Global Initiative, and President Clinton created that in 2005. And It was actually very similar to CGIU in that really it was just inspiring and empowering people, like mainly governmental figures and other other like, you know, well-established career figures to really create these commitments to change the world and basically any sector. And President Clinton expanded it to the Clinton Global Initiative University because he thought, well, you know, why not give university students the same chance in addition to like mentorship and, you know, all of the tools that they need to bring their visions to life. Because I think we can all agree, like a lot of the time students have the best ideas. And absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. And so CGI and CGIU are both programs of the Clinton Foundation. And so every year we work to really you know, empower and help students really bring their ideas to life and really just create these programs to help change some aspect of the world that they feel needs improvement. So it's it's a great, great program. That's amazing. Well, it must be since you've been through it three times. <laughs> I would, I would yeah, have to I imagine if you wouldn't sure. go through it three times if you didn't believe in the power of it. Um, no, nope, I believe in it. <laughs> So tell us more about how um, CGIU supports youth innovation. What does that really look like and mean? Sure. Um, so there, there are a few different ways. So once accepted to the program, the student would have to apply for it. I should pref- preface it with that. But if accepted to our program, first of all, um, students would have access to their peers who are doing 
similar or different social impact work. So they could they could meet so many different kinds of people from all over the world who are doing the various um, projects. So if a student applied with a public health commitment, they could meet so many others also doing public health work, but they could also meet someone who's doing, you know, climate change work. So I would say definitely meeting other students who are kind of tackling these big problems as well definitely gives a wide range of problem-solving ability to the student because they're able to see what other people are doing and the ways that they're doing it. So I think that's huge. Also, every student that's in our program is assigned a commitment mentor, and that's somebody who's been through the program who can really advise the student individually on, you know, any anything, like any question that they might have about their work or really anything. We also will um, have the student come to the annual meeting, and at the annual meeting, we have plenary sessions, office hours, and other forms of information sessions um, where you can glean so much information from really influential people. I mean, last year, Vice President Kamala Harris was there, President Clinton and Chelsea Clinton come every year. And then, you know, other guests have included the Surgeon General, for example, or so many different people. And I think, like, um, the last way is the students would receive guidance and sometimes financial support through our partner organizations to really help implement their commitments to action. So right now we have more than $650,000 in project funding through what we call the University Network, which is basically our network of academic partners and Verizon. So I'm curious, um, and I know we're going to get into um, into a little bit more of this in our next segment, but do students um, that apply, do they come with an idea already developed, or um, does their experience at the university help them think about um, how they could address an issue? Yeah, no, they would, they would have to apply with an idea that's already created. They, they would have to develop their commitment to action and apply with it. But often through the university program, like the annual meeting, that commitment may change slightly in the way that that student wants to execute it. Um, You know, after receiving all of that guidance and mentorship, often some of the ways of implementing it may change a little bit. And I'm curious, um, I'm just going to ask you, like, what was your first um, when you applied, what was your idea to change the world in your first applic- your first time through the university? Yeah, so I was part of an organization called She's the First, which is I didn't I didn't start it. It was already started. Um, but that organization is a nonprofit that sponsors girls in developing countries to be the first high school graduates in their families. And I had started a chapter of it on my college campus and my commitment was to raise money for that organization through used fashion fundraisers. So Mm -hmm. I thought, you know, like at a college campus, there are a lot of times where people will like buy a dress for like an event or something like that, and they'll wear it once and never again. And so I held like basically clothing drives where people would drop off these items that they weren't going to use anymore. And then we would sell them like online and donate all of the proceeds to She's the First. So that was my very first commitment back in 2014. 
That's amazing. And what a wonderful way to like, think about like all of, you know, the excess that we, we tend to have in our closet, right. And like turn that around and make it something that can help change the world. Right. Sometimes things aren't as complicated as we, we tend to make them. Um, No, no. (laughs) Wonderful. So we are going to take a quick break. Um, But then when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with Samia. So stay with us on the power of young people to change the world. Voice America Empowerment Radio. We'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at Voice America TRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN. For nearly 40 years, the Minnesota-based National Youth Leadership Council has worked globally to transform classrooms, empower teachers, and captivate students by leading the way in providing high-quality, dynamic service learning content to school districts, classrooms, after-school programs, and everything in between. NYLC accelerates student achievement by strengthening academic, civic, and character outcomes through service learning. They tap into the passion, creativity, and ingenuity of all young people to make meaningful change happen. NYLC offers a variety of paths to reach service learning excellence through membership, its annual spring national service learning conference, customized professional development, tools, resources, and soon to be released, Getting Started in Service Learning, a book designed for teachers ready to lead the way to address real world issues with all young people, inspiring them to serve, learn, change the world. Visit NYLC.org to learn more today. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com listening to the power of young people to change the world with Amy Muirs. To find out more about Amy and the National Youth Leadership Council, please visit nylc.org. Now back to the show. So welcome back, everyone. Again, if you're just joining me today, um, I'm here with Samia Noahs from the Clinton Global Initiative University. We're calling it CGUI for short. Um, and Samia, I just want to thank you again for being here. Um, after our first segment, I'd really like to like take a deeper dive into um, the university's programming and really get to what do the students experience? Because you talked about an annual meeting and mentorship, but what does that look like? What do, what do they actually like get to experience when they're part of this university? Sure. So our programming starts even before students are formally accepted. So During the year, we hold prospective student training sessions, and they're about an hour long. They're held by probably two members of the Clinton Global Initiative University staff team. And we really walk students through, like, what other people have done, the benefits that they're going to have through participating, and how to fill out a successful application. We also hold focus area sessions, and that's done for an entire week um, in the fall, where we really deep dive into, like, the five areas that commitments would fall into, and we highlight meaningful work and alumni projects. 
But if a student actually, you know, applies and then we select them, it gets even more involved. Um, They have access to a year-long program that provides a social impact curriculum where they have, like, access to all of these sessions on how to really create a meaningful social impact project and really helping them execute their commitments to action in in a meaningful way. They also get one-on-one mentors who will really just serve as their liaisons for any questions they might have. And oftentimes those mentors will hold group meetings, you know, for all of their mentees to just discuss, you know, how everyone's doing and what problems people are running into or any questions that might come up. They also potentially will get access to funding through the university network or through Verizon. And at the annual meeting itself, um, you know, there are plenary sessions from President Clinton, Chelsea Clinton, and other notable topic experts. Um, Past examples have been, like I mentioned before, the Surgeon General and other, you know, politicians. Um, But it can even be like, you know, television personalities. So it's a really wide-ranging group of speakers that these students can gain so much expertise from. So the programming is really dynamic. I think that students can really get a lot out of it. Sounds amazing. And so you've been through the program three times. Um, And Mm -hmm. I'm just, I was curious, like, what was it like um, hearing from or having access to these global leaders? Like, what was, you know, the first time you went through What was your thought, like, being at this annual meeting, sitting in the audience, like, hearing from President Clinton? Yeah, um, it was really, really exciting. Um, You know, it's changed a little bit because our meetings did used to be in person, but I think until, you know, vaccine rollout is really equitable, they're going to be virtual for now. So this year's meeting is virtual, Um, but, you know, The annual meeting, I think, virtual or in person, like you said, like hearing from these global leaders is just so inspiring and amazing. And it's really, it's really incredible, especially like when I was there, how like intimate the conversation felt because they were giving such great advice and like anecdotes that I think, you know, so many people in the room could relate to. So it was a really wonderful experience. And that's not, um, there's not too many universities out there that, you know, (laughs) that have access to folks um, the way CGIU does. So, (laughs) Um, yeah, no, it's great. (laughs) I'm wondering about um, some of the takeaways that students have after participating in the program. Like, what are some of the the skills or, just some of the bigger the bigger experiences takeaways that that students um, get from the experience. Yeah, I think you know. First of all, there there are a few steps between having a really good idea and like knowing how to carry it out well. Mm-hmm. And I think where CGIU is really valuable is helping students learn how to carry out their ideas well. So, you know, in our plenary sessions and office hours and various ways of really, you know, helping the students, we teach them how to, like, measure and scale their commitments. So, you know, how would, like, what does the community you're trying to help need and how are you going to help them achieve that? 
you know, and how will you measure your commitment's progress? Like, these are some of the questions that we really encourage our students to ask themselves, and we help them work on all of those things, like measurement tactics, scalability of the commitment's progress and success. So we really work on those things, and, you know, we have them have access to this network of mentors, like I mentioned, and I think hearing other people's experiences and advice is so valuable. Like I remember when I first joined or I first went to my annual meeting in 2014, um, hearing from other students who had done parallel work to mine was really great because, you know, they helped me answer questions that I didn't even know I had. And then moving forward, you know, when I would run into like something that I wasn't quite sure, like what to really do, I would have people that I could talk to, whether that was my commitment mentor or, you know, other students I'd met along the way. So I think the program just really helps students come away with the tools and skills to do meaningful social impact work, but also the people to really help them as well. Yeah, those those networks are so important. And as you talk about the the mentors, I'm curious: are the mentors um, like previous alumni, or are they from like the business world, nonprofit space? Like, um, what does the mentor student um, partnership look like? Yeah, so to be a CGIU mentor, you have to be a CGIU alum. So it would be someone who had also gone through the program in a previous year. And a lot of those people, as you kind of mentioned, are in the nonprofit sector or in the business sector. So oftentimes it can be, it can kind of be both like an alumnus who then went on and got into business or, you know, branched out their nonprofit to eventually be their career. Does that mean that um, you're also um, a mentor? I am not. Um, okay. I, I work, yeah, I work for CGIU, so I'm, I'm not a commitment mentor, but, you know, I would definitely be open to it in the future. I absolutely love working with our students. <laughs> That's amazing. I'm curious, can you share more about some of the action? So we heard um, the great um, project that you had um, your first year through, but what are some of the other actions that you've seen alumni take? Yeah, there are a few notable ones that I can share. One of them, and this is like an older commitment, but it's one of the kind of flagship ones that we like to talk about because it turned into such a success. It's called the Lucky Iron Fish Project, and it was created by Gavin Armstrong, who was one of our students, um, maybe like, I don't know, 10 years ago. I'm not, I'm not quite sure of exactly how long ago, but in that radius, but he was studying abroad and the community he was helping or he was, he was in at the time, he noticed that there was a high rate of iron deficiency among the people. And he developed this tool called the lucky iron fish. And it, it's kind of, it, it looks like what it, what the name implies. Like it's, it's a fish that like when you cook with it, it will somehow like supplement the food that you're eating with enough iron to like meet a family's daily value. And it's like reusable. I think you can use it for at least a few months, but I'm not sure of the exact specifics, but it's, it turned out to be like a huge success. 
It actually is its own company now, and it turned out to be his career. So it it was really successful, and I think he's even working on, like, a vegan version of that for, you know, all the vegans out there. So that's an example of a really successful one that kind of turned into that student's career. More recently, in 2021, we had a student who committed to create a digital platform for verifying help documents and certificates to promote global health security in Africa. She was really seeking to combat the growing tide of medical record counterfeiting and promote global health security by creating a global universal system that authenticates health records and confirmation of vaccination in order to safely determine the treatment an individual has received through a professional. And it also provides an electronic help record for international travel, education, and trade. And she ended up partnering with the World Health Organization for Africa, um, as well as universities and health clinics to offer her platform for free or, you know, reduced pricing and really expanding the use and iteration of that tool. So that's a really recent one that I think was really great. Wow, that, I, that's all I can say, right? Wow, like that's amazing when you think about, um, you know, these are college students who who have just this idea of how they can, they can really make an impact and change lives, right? Like um, when you think about iron deficiencies and how that affects um, just health in general. And so you have this young person who's identified this need and then comes up with this, like who comes up with an iron fish? Like, how, like it makes you want, like, what was the thought process, right? <laughs> that he came yeah. up with this idea of like, and then the digital health platform. I mean, you think about the implications for that globally and how important that is, especially in a time of COVID and coming through um, all of this, like, um, just the the power and brilliance um, that people have, that young people have in, in creating real solutions. Um, I'm wondering if you would share, um, so I'm, I'm putting you on the spot a little bit. So you, so you talked about your first project, the other two times you came through the program, what were, what were your, what was your focus um, on the other two times you came through the program? Yeah, the second year was just kind of growing and expanding the first commitment I made. But the third time was with the Spark Initiative, which I kind of referred to a little bit earlier. But it was a team project between me and two of my fellow classmates um, when I was in medical school. And we really were trying to address, you know, mentorship for high school students who really, you know, hadn't thought much about science careers, didn't really know the right steps to take to kind of set themselves up for one. And we paired them with like students from graduate schools or who were already established in their careers and really gave them one-on-one mentorship and access to like internships and shadowing. So that was my, that was my other commitment. That's awesome. And again, I'll just say how important that is, right? Like, um, like you can you can create an iron fish or you can like create connections for young women so that they see themselves in STEM career. Both are vitally important, right? Like um, it's yeah. going to be one of those young people that you inspired who's going to create something that's going to save lives. Like <laughs> it's just um, definitely. Yeah. 
you know, all of these issues um, are so important for young people to take on and to and to see the possibilities. Um, I think that's what inspires me so much in this work is that um, just the creativity, this innovation, and this passion to to address and to see an issue and just tackle it head on and come up with some just amazing new brilliant ideas. So. Um, Great. Thank you so much for sharing um, your journey, too, because um, I think it's important um, for everyone to know that, like, you, this is your experience. You don't just work for the university. Like, you're, you're, you've came, you came through this programming and have really made an impact as well. Um, yeah. We do have to take another quick break. Um, so, when we come back, we'll continue our conversation. So, stay with me, Amy Muirs, on the power of young people to change the world, Voice America Empowerment Radio. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. For nearly 40 years, the Minnesota-based National Youth Leadership Council has worked globally to transform classrooms, empower teachers, and captivate students by leading the way in providing high-quality, dynamic service learning content to school districts, classrooms, after-school programs, and everything in between. NYLC accelerates student achievement by strengthening academic, civic, and character outcomes through service learning. They tap into the passion, creativity, and ingenuity of all young people to make meaningful change happen. NYLC offers a variety of paths to reach service learning excellence through membership, its annual spring national service learning conference, customized professional development, tools, resources, and soon to be released, Getting Started in Service Learning, a book designed for teachers ready to lead the way to address real world issues with all young people, inspiring them to serve, learn, change the world. Visit nylc.org to learn more today. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to The Power of Young People to Change the World with Amy Muirs. To find out more about Amy and the National Youth Leadership Council, please visit nylc.org. Now back to the show. Welcome back, everyone. Again, if you're just joining us today, um, we're here talking about how students at the Clinton Global Initiative University are addressing pressing issues in communities across the world. Um, I want to just jump back in and let's talk about the impacts that you've seen um, because of the work of CGUI. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I can share a couple of commitments that I think have really addressed some community issues. So in 2016, um, two of our students, Jasmine, Ayana, Moy, and Kenneth Jones, um, what their commitment was called POWER, which is an acronym for Progress, Outreach, Work, Ethics, and Resources. And their focus area was peace and human rights. But Essentially, they committed to create a positive platform for at-risk youth to provide support and resources to their fellow students in Chicago. So their initiative was a collaboration between two nonprofits, 
to provide inner city youth with alternatives to drugs and incarceration with basketball and character building programs. And they partnered with another organization called Books Over Balls to facilitate that initiative and really develop a series of empowering comic books that highlighted past student success stories, which I thought was really awesome and innovative. And kind of like we were talking about earlier, they really used, like the way they measured their commitment success was their ability to release their first comic book and launch their first pilot program. And that was, that was a really amazing way to contribute to the community. And another one that I would love to share is called the All Walks Project, which was a commitment by three students, Erin, Jessica, and Jasmine, also from 2016, where they developed an outreach program to reduce human trafficking in the state. And their program really, you know, through education and awareness initiatives, empowered students to understand what human trafficking is and how to prevent it from occurring. And that team partnered with high schools and universities to expand the program from two pre-existing chapters at Arizona State University to basically all over the country. And they sought to expand to 50 high schools and universities across the country in their first year, and their e-outreach was even better. Um, Through the Internet, they reached many, many students. So I think those are two really great examples of ways that you know, CGIU students have really given back to the community. That's amazing. And you think about just, again, the innovation that goes in and, um, you know, tackling such hard, hard topics. I love um, addressing challenging issues to comic books, right? Like what better way to engage an entire community um, than through comic books? That's that's awesome. Um, you've talked, you've hit on a little bit um, about the partners um, of CGIU, and I would love just to explore more like who are those partners and how do they contribute? How do they get involved with, um, with the students? Sure. So we have several partner organizations. Um, this year, one of our partners is the American Association of Community Colleges. And they are really helping us promote our program and recruit community college students. Because I think that a lot of the time, you know, our program is pretty well known among like four-year universities, but not so much among community colleges. Mm -hmm. So the American Association of Community Colleges is really helping us spread the word and hopefully, you know, get some students from two-year colleges and universities to also take part in our program. We also partner with traditional four-year universities through our university network, and that includes many universities across the country. But if a university is our partner, they will help provide guidance and project funding to students on their campus who will participate in our program. So that's a huge you know, partnership. We've also partnered with corporations such as Verizon and IBM to increase access to project funding and technology support. So we have a whole separate challenge called the Verizon Forward for Good Challenge, which is like a technology-driven competition that students can apply for. And we have one through IBM as well. 
Um, We have partnered with the HBCU Founders Initiative and the United Negro College Fund to support students from HBCUs who apply to and participate in the Verizon Forward for Good Challenge. So that's a partnership we're really excited about. And we've also partnered with VentureWell to provide in-depth entrepreneurial training for finalists in the Verizon Forward for Good Challenge. So that's kind of a snapshot of a few of our different partners. That's, um, it's really great the way it's both, you know, the university partners, hopefully more two-year colleges, if you're from a two-year college, get them involved, like advocate for it. And then, um, um, you know, the corporate partners and bringing more of that innovation and entrepreneurship um, piece into the university. Um, that's really, I mean, it's a great way to show like community partners, our corporate partners can can really bring a lot to the table. Um, I'm curious. Um, so the time, let's talk about the timeline a little bit because I know applications are just about closed or are closing for this year, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So, um, so once students are selected or um, as they're being ready to be selected, um, can we talk more about like what they're go- what they're doing now? Like what what are the students who are in the program right doing right now? And then what can the students who are selected um, what are what should they be expecting? Yeah, of course. So kind of like you alluded to, our deadline was technically yesterday at midnight. Um, so Sorry, you know, everybody. we are just, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, there's a little, there's a little bit of flexibility. Um, but you know, kind of this week is what is our deadline, but we are just starting to really review these applications and, you know, select our next cohort of students who can be involved in our program. And it usually takes about, you know, six weeks to really go through and pick out the next cohort because, you know, reviewing applications is a pretty intense process and we really want to make sure that we read each part of the application. So for a few weeks, um, it'll be pretty quiet, but then usually in early to mid-March, we'll let the students know kind of the status about, you know, their place, whether they would be accepted or maybe not this year. And the annual meeting, you know, is usually in March or April. So that's really a three-day workshop um, with all of those, you know, plenary sessions and, you know, talks from global leaders that I was referring to earlier. So that'll be virtual. And then after that, you know, it'll be really a year-long curriculum of, you know, modules that students need to complete with the tools and resources necessary to really, you know, provide that social impact curriculum. And then that networking with the mentor and with other students will also be through the year as well. So that's kind of what the year will look like for students that are accepted into the program. As far as students who have been through the program, kind of what they're doing now, I think that's really variable. I know that Some students who've come through the program, their commitment has really become their career. So, like, they could still be working on it. So, with the Lucky Iron Fish, I know that that student, you know, he runs his own company now, kind of centered around that commitment and really, you know, selling selling the Lucky Iron Fish tool that he created and working on that brand. 
Um, I know other students have, you know, developed nonprofits out of their commitments and continue to grow them. And other students kind of like myself, like still work with their commitment on the side. So I think that the impact of the program is really far reaching. How many students are selected um, each year? Yeah, um, it's changed a little bit, like year to year. Um, In person, you know, our numbers were a little bit different than virtual. This year, um, I think we're aiming to select 600. Wow. Wow. That's huge, actually. I was expecting you to say like 25. Oh, no. Well, we're, we're a global program. So we really, yeah, we really want to, we really want to get a big cohort. So, so people, the young people who are selected, you're talking, you're going to be part of an amazing global network. So yeah, if, if you're just hearing about this for the first time, like we're going to give you information, you want to watch out for this for the next, um, for next year so that you can apply. So, <laughs> um, Definitely. Yeah. So you've alluded to this a little bit um, with uh, the annual meeting being virtual and stuff, but how has the pandemic affect, affected um, CGUI and, and students, right? Like the students who are participating. Yeah, I think CGIU, um, it is virtual now. And I know for, you know, some some students, like, there is definitely an appeal of attending an in-person meeting. You know, it's really exciting yeah. to meet other people, you know, in person and attend some of these sessions in person. But health and safety is really important to us. And I think that, you know, with the virtual meeting, there are so many benefits, Um So one of them is accessibility. So although our annual meeting was free for students who were invited to attend it, we couldn't cover travel and costs for every single student. So, you know, sometimes I know, especially for like our international students, even if they were accepted, attending the meeting could often be really, you know, difficult because it was expensive and some people, you know, may not have the resources to attend. But now, since it's virtual, anybody, as long as they have internet access, can tune in and participate. So I think that that is one benefit of having a virtual meeting. Um, I also think, you know, the pandemic, if we're trying to find a silver lining, it has really highlighted some systemic problems in our society, um, whether that be like, you know, vaccine misinformation or, you know, vaccine equity, health problems, Mm -hmm. health disparities. Um, it's kind of highlighted those things and it's almost given our students an opportunity to really find ways to take action and address those problems. And I think that, you know, in this year's applications, we'll probably see that reflected. And I think also now more than ever, you know, in this time of, you know, so many things being virtual and there not really being as many opportunities for interaction, students are really craving community and we can offer them that on a global scale, even if it is virtual. I mean, there are so many people that they can connect with and talk to, even if it's over Zoom or the phone. So those are some ways that the pandemic's kind of changed our program a little bit. But I would say in some in some ways, like, you know, it's really given students some good opportunities. 
I appreciate that you're able to find the silver lining because I think we all have to, we have to do that, right? Look for the silver lining yeah, a little definitely. bit in all of this. <laughs> and access is definitely one of those things that, um, that the, that this uh, move to this virtual space has, has really opened our eyes to, to um, challenges definitely. and, um, and the ability to reach more people. We do have to take one more short break. And then when we come back, we'll get some final reflections from Samia. So stay with us on the power of young people to change the world. And remember, you can follow the show on social media at NYLCORG or find us at NYLC.org. We'll be right back. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. For nearly 40 years, the Minnesota-based National Youth Leadership Council has worked globally to transform classrooms, empower teachers, and captivate students by leading the way in providing high-quality, dynamic service learning content to school districts, classrooms, after-school programs, and everything in between. NYLC accelerates student achievement by strengthening academic, civic, and character outcomes through service learning. They tap into the passion, creativity, and ingenuity of all young people to make meaningful change happen. NYLC offers a variety of paths to reach service learning excellence through membership, its annual spring national service learning conference, customized professional development, tools, resources, and soon to be released, Getting Started in Service Learning, a book designed for teachers ready to lead the way to address real world issues with all young people, inspiring them to serve, learn, change the world. Visit NYLC lc.org to learn more today it's your world motivate change succeed voiceamericaempowerment.com listening to the power of young people to change the world with Amy Muirs. To find out more about Amy and the National Youth Leadership Council, please visit nylc.org. Now back to the show. Welcome back, everyone. We just have a few minutes left together. And so I really want to get some final reflections from you, Samia. So um, where's CGI headed? Like, what does it hope for for the future? Yeah, I think that we really just want to continue engaging with our existing network of national and international universities. We definitely want to keep in touch with them. And we also really want to continue to find ways to support students of all backgrounds, institutions, and identities in their journeys to become social entrepreneurs. And that includes the outreach that we're doing to HBCUs and community colleges. And we want to continue doing that moving forward. We really want to engage as many university and postgraduate students as possible. So we want to continue outreach and really doing that. And we also just want to continue helping students, whether they're new or existing, with their project development and execution. So I think those are kind of our goals moving forward. That's awesome. And, um, you know, again, I've, I'm still blown away with 600 students. It's like a cohort for you all. So that's, that's a huge reach. And, you know, to have that global yeah. network. Um, talk to us about how young people get 
can get involved. So we know we, you know, we're a little late on the show. We'll just admit it, but we can prep people for next year. So how can they get involved? Of course. Yeah. Well, everyone can learn more at cgiu.org slash apply. That's our application website. And, you know, it, it just really provides a wealth of information um, about the program and its development about what students can expect, and even like a commitment to action toolkit, which provides like past people's commitments. And that's helpful to read for a lot of people um, considering applying and just even wondering how, how can I get involved? It's a great, it's a great resource. So highly encourage everyone to visit that website. And, you know, um, it's, it's a little bit late this year, but if somebody, you know, has an idea and really wants to attempt to apply, sometimes, you know, extensions can be granted on a case-by-case basis. So, you know, if someone has an idea that is, like, ready to go and they really want to apply, I mean, you could email us. <laughs> we can see what we can do. <laughs> you heard her say it. If you've got a brilliant idea, get on it. <laughs> we'll get you to some yeah, there's not get, too much time applied. <laughs> Um, I'm, I didn't ask this question earlier, but I'm curious, um, like what's the age or the year, however you want to look at that, of like a typical applicant, like, is there like, you need to be a, a sophomore or older or like can freshmen apply? Like, is there a, any kind of guidance around that? Yeah, you have to be 18 or older and you have to be enrolled in a university or a postgraduate institution. So, you know, it doesn't matter whether you're a freshman or a senior in college, you just have to be a student. Or you could also be, you know, in business school, law school, medical school, technical school, really whatever. Um, You just have to be past high school and a student. And does your university have to be part of the um, CGUI network or partnership? No, no. Okay. No, um, we, we welcome students from really any university to apply. And we're always looking for, you know, new universities to join our U network. So we, yeah, we are always looking for people from all over. Awesome. Um, and then my question, so you, you're a three-time alumni, you work for CGUI, you've partnered with nonprofits doing amazing work. What advice do you have for young people who are hoping to make a difference in their communities? Yeah, I think one of my pieces of advice would be to not underestimate the power of having a really good mentor. Um, They can honestly be so instrumental, not just in like the development of your commitment, but also in your own personal development. So always ask for help or mentorship if you need it, or even if you think you don't. Um, that would be one of my biggest pieces of advice. Also, just that no idea is too big or too small. Um, you know, something that even kind of seems more elementary or more, you know, not as, not as much of like a glamorous idea can still be a really good one and a really useful one that can help a lot of people. I would also say just to try to research your cause completely before designing a commitment. Like, research the community you're trying to help, you know, research what their needs are, how your method would impact them, who you would partner with in that community, and ways to work efficiently. Because I think that 
really doing that groundwork and kind of knowing the people that you're trying to help is just so important on like making sure that your commitment actually will help them. So definitely do your homework, I guess, would how I would, would be how I would sum up that last piece of advice. I love that. And that's actually, um, it's one of the things that we talk about um, in our organization is that meaningful, um, those meaningful partnerships and working with the community, not for the community. So you're not doing it to them, you're doing it with them. So if if we're going to create real solutions, we need to be working in partnership with our community members. Samia, I just want to thank you so much for sharing your knowledge and expertise with our listeners, with me, for all the great work that you and the entire team at CGY are doing to support young people. Um, It's amazing um, the network that you're building, the support that you're giving young people to truly transform our global communities. It's such great work. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. It was so nice to connect. Absolutely. And again, if you want to learn more about Clinton Global Initiative University and everything that the students are doing, you heard Samia, if you got a great idea, you might be able to sneak in this year yet. So check out their website at cgiu.org. Um, I do want to share. So next week, we are going to have another great show for you. Um, I'm going to be joined by a team from Serve Minnesota. So they're working with AmeriCorps and community partners um, across the state to address critical needs here in Minnesota. So they're tackling education achievement, economic opportunities, housing stability, um, recovery from substance abuse disorders, climate mitigation. Um, they're, they're, They're doing it. So you definitely are going to want to tune in um, for this one. And then speaking of Minnesota, I hope you all have marked your calendars for April 20th through the 22nd when NYLC hosts its 33rd annual National Service Learning Conference. We have an amazing event planned for you, including um, a special Power of Young People to Change the World um, panel featuring some of our past guests. Um, we've got a day of service, um, excuse me, a day of service. Um, it's Earth Day. So, you know, we need to get outside and do something good and so much more great programming coming your way. Um, I do want to give a special shout out to the Allstate Foundation, the Charles Stewart Mott Foundation, the Shin Yuen Foundation, Proceed Inc. and Serve Minnesota for their support of our conference. You know, this gathering is not only inspiring, but it is a truly transformative experience. So mark your calendars April 20th through the 22nd. If you can't be here in Minnesota, we will miss you terribly, terribly. But April 27th is virtual day. So If you can't come, we still got you covered. So get on our website, nylc.org, get registered. Um, We've got, we're going to have an amazing experience. So um, as we head into um, this next week, I just want to invite you all to remember to join us as we serve, learn, change the world. Everybody have a great week. We'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning in this week to the power of young people to change the world. Your host, Amy Muirs, will return for another program next Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Together, we'll serve, learn, 
change the world. 